This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Low Vision Moments, the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially embarrassing, but yep, you guessed it, often pretty comical things that happen when you are just trying to go about your day with a visual impairment, blindness, or albinism. I'm Jenny, I'm the host around here, and this is episode number 22. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've likely heard me talk about running. Sorry, not sorry, not even a little bit. Well, I just signed up for my fifth half marathon, and training has begun, so this is your warning. In addition, this episode will contain content about running, lifting, and generally kicking ass at life. Expect to laugh and for the guest to do much of the heavy lifting. Well, my listeners, I am just so very excited to better get to know my guest this time around. By day, they are a massage therapist, a profession I think we should all have mad respect for. Thank you to all of the massage therapists out there. Uh, They're also, my guest, they're also a really accomplished, very decorated, competitive powerlifter. So I'm really excited to have Chad Sinclair with me today. Welcome to Low Vision Moments. Thank you. Thank you. What else do you want the people to know about you, Chad? Well, I mean, you kind of elaborated on my my day-to-days. I started uh, massage therapy. I graduated in 2018. I more or less focus on uh, sports-style uh, massage, pain management, deep tissue. I'm not so much of the spa-style therapist. I leave that to the people that are good at that. But other than that, that's kind of the world I live in professionally. But outside of there, too, uh, like you had mentioned, I'm a competitive powerlifter. I've been doing that for roughly 12 years and some of my highlights from that i've i've competed with team canada four times i've uh got three gold medals and one silver in those divisions Um, congratulations thank you and then just as of recently in, in my athletic endeavors i competed in strongman for two competitions so far Oh my God, that is so cool. Okay, so for the for the listeners who are not familiar, tell us what powerlifting is. Sure, it's uh, the sport of the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift for a total. Can you tell me the most weight you've lifted? This is probably a stupid question. You probably get this question all the time. I'm the annoying person, but I want to know what's what's the most you've ever lifted? Well, I mean, that's kind of a... I guess subjective question. I knew you were going to say some shit like that. Because <laughs> there were so, there, there, there's so many different lifts that, like you know, like the most common one you get is like okay, how but, much do you bench? But, but just like just impress us. Just impress us with. Okay, well, uh, we'll leave the strongman stuff aside because that's so foolish and out there. Like I pulled like a police armored vehicle the last competition, so I mean that's like however many tons. Oh my god. <laughs> So, I mean, like for powerlifting, for example, like my best squat in competition is 555. Oh and then I benched, I benched 420 pounds and then I deadlifted 600. That's a couple of people. That's a few. Yeah. That's a couple to a few people. That's incredible. Yeah, but the, 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 the weights don't squirm and wiggle around like people do. You know? <laughs> and you have experience in, in both, I'm sure, you, for comparison. Yeah. 
I, I'm curious, like, I for the most part, I think I understand that you you don't compete uh, in in like the para division when it comes to powerlifting. No, I've I've never competed in any um, organized uh, blind division okay. or anything like that as far as powerlifting. Or the only blind sport I've ever tried is when you came to Sydney and we played human bowling that time. Oh my goodness. And we were trying so hard to recruit you. We were like, <laughs> we need this guy. <laughs> so maybe someday you'll come over to the world of goalball. And I'm I bet you would be just a superstar there too, because my God, that that offense that you showed us just holy crap. Yeah, you would fit right in. But I'm curious when it comes to powerlifting, if at all, how does your eye condition factor in? Well, even to go back even further, as a kid, like my dad was super athletic. He was a highly skilled goalie. Sports were always a, a high interest of mine, but due to my eye condition, which is RP, I don't know if we said that or not in the show, but I have RP. So with that, I couldn't excel at the sports that I wanted to play, like hockey, like basketball, stuff like that. So the sport where I didn't have to run or catch a ball, I uh, kind of excelled at. So I just kind of stuck with that one. Now, I I can really relate to that. In growing up, I tried a bunch of different activities, a bunch of different sports. And there were some sports I just didn't even bother trying, like hockey. Uh, but now right. I know, now right. I understand. And, and now I think there are a lot more options in terms of adapted sports and different options for those of us who are blind or visually impaired. But growing up, it was certainly very similar for me where I, I tried a bunch of stuff and nothing really stuck. And it was really only in my adult life that I came around to running. And I, I'm so hooked on running. I feel like I'm still kind of an unlikely runner. I'm basically allergic to the sun. And, you know, I have between 5 and 10% vision, uh, photophobia. So the sunshine is a real big deal for me if I'm out running outdoors. But right. in terms of like benefits when it comes to training or competing, I find that I have a lot of sort of perks when I think about my low vision. And one of them is like, if I'm training and I'm going to the gym, I find it a lot easier to just, for lack of a better word, ignore everybody around me. Like, oh, that's it. just focus on what it is I need to do. I don't, I can't tell if people are staring or ogling. There's a chance they are because I'm a hot friggin' mess when I'm working out. I'm <laughs> so red that people probably think I'm like dying or deranged, but that's fine. Um, but it makes it a lot easier to just sort of go in and, and do my thing. Because a lot of people, when I talk to them about going to the gym, they're like, oh, I could never do that. There's so many people. And I go to like the big bad chain. The right. Big, right. And it, it's it's what's handy. It's what's around me. Rhymes with hood life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there are, you know, there are perks. And then there are times when it just doesn't even really factor in, which is kind of nice to hear right you just oh god yeah i mean on a daily basis i i get it from my friends and even some of my family they're like oh shit i forgot mm -hmm. like because when i'm in a gym setting i'm so i can walk into any gym in the world i'm almost sure and be comfortable right but i mean there's certain situations like if i do go to a new gym where the washroom is try not to go into the women's washroom I'm sure that happens to a lot of people with visual impairments of any setting, whether it's a bar or a gym, wherever. We have but, talked about that more than once yeah. on the show. It's a, yeah. it's a common so, thing. Yeah. So there's 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 commonalities and little like uncomfortabilities that happen. But as far as the actual 
performance and going to the gym and getting my work done. Like I, I could, I could manage that no matter where I am. But even when it comes to sports, like I'm, I still might not be a good hockey player at all or basketball player, but I'm still, I'm, I'm competitive enough that I'll play with regular sighted people and just go with the flow so that when I can chop, I can talk trash afterwards to say you guys lost to the blind guy. Like, yeah, it's, it's you know, <laughs> it can get fun. And that's the thing is like you find you find your adaptations, you find what you can do, what you can do well, whether it's playing basketball or for me, it's often for for me, the for the past decade or so, it's been figuring out how I can participate in road races. I really like running um, and doing things like a half marathon. That's really where I feel I feel comfortable and I feel right. right. Like I kind of fit in the running community is very much a community, but I'll be honest, you know, there are times when just going back to the gym, I've show, I remember showing up at the gym once or twice and I've forgotten my glasses retainer. I've got some pretty heavy glasses right. and they, I sweat like crazy. I'm not a graceful person at the gym. I don't know how these people like leave their hair down and like wear makeup and shit. I do not understand. So that's just not me. <laughs> so <Same>. I've <laughs> forgotten my glasses retainer, which is the thing that holds my glasses to my head when I sweat too much. <laughs> and right. so I, I would reach a point on the treadmill where I'm like, I got to take these glasses off or they're just going to keep falling off my face. And I can't I can't have that. I, I need to pick up. I need to keep my pace. I'm too stubborn to right. slow down and push my glasses up. So I'm just like, I'm going to take these off set them to the side and we're just going to deal with it. And then, and then, <laughs> and then it's like the slap in the face. Like, don't forget you're blind. It's one of those yeah. minutes it, to myself only where I'm just like, Oh yeah, I can't see a damn thing. I cannot <laughs> see anything about my pace on the front of this treadmill anymore. And then it becomes, people are definitely looking at me because I can't stay in the center <laughs> of the treadmill. <laughs> and I'm trying to get close to, the screen to see my pace and all of this and I'm like nearly falling over um so there you know there are moments but for the most part like being at the gym training running um that's where I really sort of feel at home so it's it's kind of cool that that you've sort of had that experience too have you ever sort of had those have you ever had like a slap in the face moment where you're you know just going about your day you're maybe training or you know just going about your routine and then it's like oh wait a minute sir <laughs> yeah no i mean I, even as of recently like you talked about your story with the glasses at the gym i just competed in uh the pei summer showdown which was a strongman competition in, in prince edward island and for the first time in my lifting career they gave us an option for a 24-hour weigh-in which was different for me because most times the two-hour weigh-in from the time you weigh in to the time you step on the platform or start competing you have two hours to re-eat, rehydrate, warm up. So it's kind of chaos for two hours. Mm -hmm. But in PEI, they gave us the option for 24 hours of a weigh-in. I'm like, oh, this is sick because now I get to like rehydrate, feed all night, get ready to prep for the morning, get a good night's sleep, and then compete. I'm like, there's no better option. But the scale that I was weighing myself in on versus the scale of the competition were off. His scale was a pound heavier than what I was weighing myself in on. So long story short, I had to go to a sauna to sweat off the pound, which was something I was familiar with. I've done it before. Okay. But I was in the sauna for roughly 40 minutes, got out. That seems like a long time. 
Oh God, it was. I was in, the, and I ended up losing like three and a half pounds. Like, Holy jeez! I, <laughs> I wore a sweater and pants, and it was a nightmare. But oh my God, no, thank you. Sorry, go <laughs> but, on, go on. Yeah, so I wore my glasses in the sauna, not even thinking anything of it. But I guess what had happened was the heat and the temperature had heated up the coating on my lenses. <gasps> And then I came out of the sauna and I guess they resealed back to my glasses, but it like fucked them all up. So they were all like cracked and wavy and smoky. And But I I, I, I didn't think that at the time I thought I was just sweating profusely. So right. I, thought I, just, I thought they were just dirty. So then I came <laughs> like after the whole rigmarole and all this, I, like I weighed in fine, whatever. I We went out to supper and I, I tried to clean my glasses off and they just weren't getting clean, getting clean. And then I was like, oh, well, here we go. I guess I ruined these. So then I had to compete the next day with, with no glasses. So that was extra fun, but I still managed to pull off a second place finish. So, Well, congratulations. My fiance had me all over PEI, all over Helen Creation and like doing touristy things after that. So that was also interesting. Did, did they... <laughs> okay, wait, I have questions. I have okay. a couple of questions. <laughs> I have questions. Okay. First of all, Definitely, I think for myself and our listeners, we're going to relate to the dirty glasses thing. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, shit, I need to go get my eyes checked because I just didn't <laughs> clean my glasses well enough. Yep. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. OK, so so at competition, you had no glasses. Mm -hmm. did, did you require any kind of sighted guide to get from point A to point B? Or did no, you just I... know what you were you able to see enough to get around? Yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty, I, I showed up early to kind of get the lay of the land and with, yep. with strongman, it's very awkward implements. It's very. Oh, and it was with strongman. Yeah. Now I, I don't know if this is something you've ever experienced, but in my years of running road races, I've done, like, I've done a lot of different techniques and. You you mentioned one that we often talk about on the podcast, and it's showing up early, getting the lay of the land, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of folks who have no personal connection to vision loss, they might see us out at these competitions and not understand all of the planning and forethought that goes into be able, being able to, you know, show up and do things somewhat seamlessly. Um, and and I think that that is something that needs to be restated over and over all the planning that, that goes into it. Right. But I think, I think I confuse people sometimes and running road races over the years has, has helped me become more comfortable with this in my day-to-day -day life too. And that's like, I don't know a better way to describe it other than confusing the people around me, primarily <laughs> strangers, right? Because people will see me run, a half marathon completely independently and at the finish line those same people will see me uh, asking for sighted guide down a set of stairs because it's so sunny and I have no depth perception so it's conf right. I'm sure I've confused people but oh god yeah I, I think that's just the visually impaired community especially someone that's kind of established in your your mobility you you kind of been able to manage for a long time like myself and you kind of just go about your day to day very seamlessly and people don't even recognize until they see something peculiar happen. Right. Or what they think is peculiar. Uh -huh. And 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 I, I didn't used to be as OK with those, you know, hmm, that might 
be peculiar to someone, I don't care as much anymore. And I think the more that you do it, you just go out and do it and be like, yep, that might be confusing to you. But if you want to have a conversation about it, come on and chat with me. (laughs) That's it. The only thing that drives me nuts now is when someone gets a picture or a video of me texting. I look ridiculous when I'm texting in a picture. Like I look like I'm smelling my phone. It's it's sad. It's Hey, that's all of us. No, that that's all of us. I recently heard that you have been dipping your toe into the stand-up comedy pool. I have. Now that that comes out of my mouth, stand-up comedy pool, I don't I don't want to wade in that pool. But <laughs> I want to know more about this. Don't take this the wrong way, but I had no, I didn't know you were a funny guy. Well, that's that, that's kind of the common theme, unless like you kind of grew up with me, because even from a young age, like it's something I always was drawn to, always wanted to do. I always wanted to perform in some fashion, but I'm not good at music and I can't sing. So I was like, but I, I've been told my whole life I'm funny. I, I always just kind of loved that entertainment factor of comedy. And now that I just I, I turned 30 last year, I actually just turned 31 on the weekend, but. I just said, now's the time I'm going to start to try all the things I said I was going to try and do. So now the comedy thing is here. Can you give me a little taste of what's in your act? Is it, it, are, there, are there bits and pieces that include blindness-related stuff? Can we have a little taste? My, my, my first premise joke was more or less talking about the pandemic and the people of Walmart during the pandemic and, and the anger of trying to follow the arrows in walmart and i'm like i fucking love the arrows that was a oh my god (laughs) this is a fucking this is a recurring conversation at my dinner table (laughs) i was at walmart last night uh my sister and i call it marché mur so it just sounds more classy by the way so feel feel free to use that it's francais uh but we constantly talk about this like i wish they would have kept the arrows it just made the flow of traffic so much easier for just for everybody like just stay in your damn lane um and and this whole process for all of us is just going to go by so much quicker uh i will say though <laughs> i got in shit a couple times with those arrows uh-huh. at my lo- at my other local grocery store they were very not high contrast <laughs> they're very difficult to see so i got turned around a lot Okay, so just going back quickly to yep. the pandemic, th- something I'm happy about is that the, all, some of that plexiglass shit is coming down. Oh, yeah. I Do don't you know, know how many times I went to pay for something and I headbunted the plexiglass so many barrier times. or to exchange money, Tim Hortons, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> how do I give you the... How do I pay you? <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk into the hole where I should put the money, please? Please right. help me. And I just, like, I've punched plexiglass walked into plexiglass to oh just take it down i'm i'm ready for the plexiglass to come down but leave the arrows that will be well even pre-pandemic like in 2015 i remember going to compete at the commonwealth championships in vancouver and it was on our way back actually from vancouver it was like a 5 a.m flight so your eyes are crusted over anyway but i remember going through the whole process and i was getting my stuff into the little tote thing and i seen a man kind of walk to my left and flag me over toward him but it was just kind of like an awkward thing so i walked literally toward where he was going as i was putting stuff in like my pockets my phone whatever and i smashed face first into this like 40 foot wall 
of like plexiglass and it fell over. (laughs) (laughs) The entire airport just stopped. (laughs) Oh, the worst place for that to happen is an airport. Yeah. And then I make a scene. Oh, oh, that's it. And then I just helped the poor little bastard pick up the thing. And he's like, oh. He's like, I was just going to call security to come help. He's like, you got it, though. It's fine. Oh, okay. So security didn't descend and. No, because he just he just kind of realized. And I, I kind of explained, like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can't see where I'm going. He's like, he's like, oh, it's early. It's early. It's fine. No, it's early. No, I'm not tired. I'm blind. Well, it's both. It's a combination. It's like when I say, I'm not that drunk. I'm blind. I'm not that intoxicated. Yes, I've yeah. had a drink or five, but I'm still good. It's just the the blind thing. That's it. And I mean, like I said, just tr- trying to find the humor and like, if you punch the plexiglass thing at, at Tim Hortons, <laughs> like, you know, it... it if if someone is struggling with vision loss and they're they find themselves very angry at things, the only advice I would have is to be like, "This is just kind of the the way it is. You kind of have to adapt or sink, really. So you have to kind of find find your way and find the humor in it. And that's how I have always coped with things and got through things. Like it is kind of funny from the outside in. Like you have to be able to accept that kind of factor of things, and you just kind of have to move forward. It makes it so much easier to move to move forward if you choose to sort of have a chuckle at yourself or find the humor in the situation as opposed to getting frustrated. And sometimes that's easier said than done. We've said it on the podcast before, but it's it's a recurring daily thing. You know, I'll tell you one last little story. I for the most part, I run outdoors these days. And I've, over the past decade, figured out how I can run outside independently. All of my long list of adaptations I will not get into and my planning and how I do it. But what you need to know is that I run the same route all the time around my neighborhood. I know where all of the curbs are. I know the flow of traffic. I know all of the intersections. I know where there are stop signs. I know where there are potholes. Or so I thought. I knew where all the potholes were. On the quieter side streets, I will run on the shoulder of the street. There are a lot of reasons for that. I won't get into it. Don't come for me, anybody. Like, I do this. And it's perfectly legal and it's perfectly safe if you do it right. So I believed I knew where all of the potholes were, particularly on my little street. I live on just a two-block long street. It's a cul-de-sac, Chad. So it's like it's it's not not a long strip of street okay i've been living here seven years i should know where all the potholes are maybe this one was new but i was recently out running i literally just started okay i'm maybe 70 seconds just over a minute into my run (laughs) and don't i crumple myself in a gigantic pothole in the middle of my street, in in front of my neighbor's house. And I just, like, I fell into this pothole. There was no other way to describe it other than I fell into it. And I crumpled. (laughs) Like, my body just crumpled into a pile. And I could not move. (laughs) 
I had to like lay there for a minute and assess, am I okay? Dear God, please don't anybody run me over. But it, it the, I wasn't worried about being hurt. The worst part was I was worried about, oh my God, all my neighbors see me out running all the time. They must think I know what I'm doing. And now they're going to have a completely different opinion of me because they've seen me fall into this gigantic pothole that I should have known was there because I know the route, apparently. But apparently I don't. For some uh, reason, I pictured you falling in like a pothole, like submerged by water and you just kind of like went underwater. Like a <laughs> so that's <laughs> happened too. That was that was a puddle at the end of my cul-de-sac last year. But that wasn't my fault. I had no, I could not have been able, there was no way I could tell how deep that puddle was. All right, Chad, I'm not going to keep you any longer. You've probably got shit to do, um, shit to lift, people to massage. Um, <laughs> so last question I'll ask you is where can we go see your comedy? Where can we find you online or live? My online socials is just uh, my name on Facebook. If anybody wants to reach out, it's Chad Sinclair, obviously. And then my Instagram is Chadillac underscore Sinclair. If you guys want to reach out there, I don't have uh, much comedy things posted yet because, like I said, I only did one show. But I'm doing my second show this Thursday at Daniel's. Uh, I'm opening up for Nick Beaton. But other than that, uh, if anybody has any comedy shows that you would like to invite me to, I would be open to uh, trying to see if we can arrange some some things or do any private events, things like that. So if, if you're interested, I'm interested. Well, thank you so, so much again. I wish you all the best in all of the awesome stuff that you're doing. I can't wait to hopefully catch you live sometime. Thanks once more to my incredible guest, Chad. Man, you are just a powerhouse of a person. What have you been doing lately to stay fit or competitive? Have you got an episode theme you'd like covered? Well, I would love to hear from you. As always, send an email to podcast at ami.ca or leave a voicemail at 1-866-509-4545. One more time, that phone number is one 866 509 4545 Make sure to mention Low Vision Moments in the message, please, and thanks. Come and follow me on Instagram. You can find me there under uberblonde4. That's U-B-E-R-B-L-O-N-D-E and the number four. Thank you so much to the technical production team, Mark Aflalo and Jacob Shymansky, mainly for your patience with my habitual unpunctuality. It's a word I looked it up. Thanks to manager at AMI-audio, Andy Frank, who I would wager is the kind of person who also spends too much time in the sauna. Thank you for listening. And until next time, do you even lift? Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.